Welcome to The Optimistic Artist. I'm Monique Story, artist, whiskey enthusiast, and massive cheerleader of artists. I'm hugely passionate about helping artists discover their next step by bringing the clarity, the strategy, and the inspiration you need to turn that art hobby of yours into a thriving art business. Whatever creative dream you've got hidden in your heart, I'm here to tell you it is possible. So get ready, my friend. This is The Optimistic Artist. Thank you so much for being on the show, Cece. I am so excited to talk to you. Now, I know a little bit about you, about where you've come from and your art practice, but I would love for you to start by telling our listeners a little bit more about you. I know that a lot of people can disqualify themselves because they are self-taught, but you and I both managed to build a successful art business being self-taught. So I would love for you to start by sharing your origin story. How did you become a successful artist? Hi, Monique. Hi, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me. First of all, I'm super excited to be here. And yeah, as you said, I'm also a self-taught artist. Actually, my background is pretty unusual. I don't think I was pretty stunned to be an artist, but I studied math and computer science. So I have a master in that field. I also, I was a professional basketball player for 10 years. So nothing to do with art. Oh my gosh, that's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. I mean, you know, living from your passion is just, it's just something amazing. And um yeah, and then I think I was always creative and I've written actually two novels and one of them got published a while back, let's say like eight years ago in France and they won like a small prize for it. And I really, I just enjoyed writing a lot. And at some point somehow my just, my focus shifted from like, being creative through writing to be creative into painting and creating like art. And so I just, one summer, I just, yeah, just like took out some magazines from my grandma and started to create a collage. And I think it turned out really beautiful. And then I showed it to a friend that I had in Germany who had a coffee, like a coffee shop. And she told me she's been doing exhibitions. And well, I just had to do a few more. And then we could also do an exhibition together. So I was kind of surprised. And then I was just say, I would just say like, okay, let's do it. I did five collages. I had my first exhibition and I sold every single piece and I even got two commissions. So it was kind of like a crazy start. (laughs) And then I thought, okay, I want to continue doing that. (laughs) That's so cool. So did you have any exposure to art before you started the collage? Did you ever have any role models that were creative or classes or experiences I mean yeah one of my last years of playing basketball I took like a drawing class on the side it was just like a once a week thing but it was super fun I guess I just I was drawn to it like it was kind of like natural to just try it out myself amazing okay so you did some collages from your grandma's magazines (laughs) sold them all and then what at what point did it become an actual business Well, actually, I'm like pretty competitive. I'm pretty ambitious. I mean, I'm from like the pro athlete world. So it's a year where I did my first exhibition. Actually, a few months later, my basketball club went bankrupt. So we didn't have any more money. We didn't have an apartment anymore. So like the first solution was just like to move to another place, maybe another country and just start another life. I like to stay and I actually decided to stay and just to take like a part-time job. So it kind of like 
all came together naturally because when I was like, okay, I'm ready. I mean, I love this new pa passion of mine. Since basketball is kind of like coming to an end, I'm going to put all my energy into art right now. And I just shifted from basketball to art and I had this side oh, job. Like, you know, just a real natural ten transition. Yeah. <laughs> basketball to art. Oh, yeah, that makes total yeah, sense. I <laughs> no, but what I mean is more like, you know, I think if, if I had kept playing for a while, maybe art would have stayed for like a few years, just like a small thing because I wouldn't have enough time. But it's just like one day from the over, like, oh, you don't have a club anymore. You don't have a contract anymore. You don't have an apartment anymore. What do you want to do? And then I was like, actually, you know what? I think I'm ready to move on to something new. And it was just perfect that art just like showed up in my life at that time, I would say. Oh, amazing. And I think there's a lot to be said for just taking action. You know, even if the first thing you do fails or isn't perfect, the fact that you've taken action and you've made a decision to throw yourself into it, mm -hmm. that almost predetermines your success because you've already decided that you're going to give it everything. And to be honest, that's what separates people. It's not necessarily talent. A lot of the time it's mm -hmm. just tenacity and it's commitment. It's committing to not giving up no matter what happens. And I love that you just went all in so cool <laughs> thanks yeah I think it's a lot of people maybe sometimes are scared to grab opportunities and I just want to say to people like if you feel like if you your gut tell you like this is a good thing just like go for it and just try and most of the time it could it, it comes out pretty well yeah so true a lot to be said for just action and mm -hmm. I think sometimes when I speak to people they have a sense in them that they are called to greatness or they want to do something great but they might not know what that is and then because they don't know what that is they just don't pursue anything or they just stuck in action but if you just do something vaguely in the right direction that thing will lead to something else which will lead to a connection which will lead to a connection and it's just get started just get into action and trust that one thing will lead to another so I also know that you have a teaching background like me mm -hmm. tell us about that well, actually, so at the end of the basketball career, I wanted to do my art, but I wanted to do something else as well because, you know, I needed money. I mean, I just wanted to have like this financial safety. And in for basketball, I also like, I always coached like the little, you know, the little ones. I taught them like all the basics and I thought, okay, it would be kind of cool to like, actually like work with kids. I actually, I don't think I want kid my, myself. It's like too much of work, too much work, but like for a few days a week, for a few days a week. I can <laughs> confirm that. It's a lot of work. That's pretty um, cute, but. Exactly. So yeah, I just, I had this opportunity to work like in a school part-time, which was actually perfect for my art. And I just decided to start that. And actually I'm still teaching two days a week because I love my class. I love it. I just don't want to give it up, you know? And okay, it gives me also some financial security in case like there is a month that doesn't go that well with my art. When I have you know, I can do everything and enjoy without any single stress or pressure. And it's yeah. very precious to me. And I just love going to school. And I think I would be kind of lonely if I just stayed home and like did my art. And of course, you meet with clients and you have some meeting things. But I just love this fact of like going in there and teaching and that's why also I started to like teach other artists how to like build a profitable business, but like most of all, like a big business that make them happy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, just you don't have to, to have like huge numbers as long as your, 
you're fulfilled and what you do really just brings you happiness. So that's what I'm teaching as well in my coaching sessions with artists. Just like that feeling of like making something that makes you happy. I love that. I kind of feel like I should put a little caveat here because I know I'm all about taking action and being all in. But there really is something to be said for a level of safety and security. So there's this theory, it's called the 5am club. And it's this idea that if you want to transition from a career that you don't love to a different career, 5am is your golden hour. Because if you just quit your job and then start a completely new business or career or whatever, and you're under that huge amount of financial stress, then you're making decisions out of fear. And good decisions aren't made out of fear. So it's so wise to have something else in the background that's giving you that safety and that security while you start something new. And maybe one day the art takes over completely, but it's a really good idea to actually have something else in the background that's giving you security. Yeah. And I think like, because, you know, we always have this myth of like, everybody want to be a full-time artist. And I feel like so many people, like artists put pressure on themselves because they're like, okay, I have to be a full-time artist. And I always think like, honestly, you don't, if you have another passion, you know, if you have a job that you love, why giving it up? You know, why not doing both? Okay. Like, of course you cannot do both on like the same amount of time, but yeah, just like, like don't put pressure on yourself people to like say okay I have to give up my main job and I have to be a full-time artist to be successful you can be successful with like keeping a job on the side that you love and that you just don't want to give up it's definitely fine oh couldn't agree more absolutely (laughs) I love having variety in my life absolutely okay now I'm really excited about today's topic because I know that one of your major strengths as an artist is email marketing, which I'm super passionate about because I know that email marketing is the thing that eventually leads to sales. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about this conversation and it's going to be really hard for me. In fact, I already know I'm not going to be able to do it, but I'm going to be chipping in the whole way through and adding my two cents because (laughs) I just love this topic. But I would love to know, what led you to starting down the path of email marketing? So I was thought about it and I think it's kind of like art. I was like, I don't know. I just thought I had to do it. And it's just like came naturally. Like since I, I love writing, I just thought that it would be something for me. You know, I would just be like sitting on my computer and just writing. And it's something I love doing. And especially if it's writing about something I about my art. And I knew it would be something for me. So I started actually in 2020. So not like a big time ago. I was never really a big fan of social media. I didn't even have an Instagram account for myself before. I just started for my art, but I was just like outside of that world. And I was just not a big fan of it. And I was thinking, okay, I, I still need a way to get to stay in touch with my with my clients to build a re- relationship with also like prospects, like potential clients. So how do I do that, you know? And I realized also that most of my clients are not even on Instagram. Like now I made stats in the past few weeks and 75% of my clients don't even have an Instagram account. So wow. like if I, it's crazy. Actually, I've asked some of my students and of my community on Instagram to check. And a lot of people texted me and was like, Cici, it's crazy. Actually, like, I think for me, like six out of 10 are not on Instagram. And it's the case, I think, of in the art world, it's actually a lot like it's a case. You know, you have, I don't know, most of my, some of my clients are just like people I met for basketball here in Bavaria. And they just, they are not social media people. And yeah, I was thinking, yeah, I need to find a way to stay in touch with these people. And email marketing was just the perfect way. Almost every single person has an email address and check their mm-hmm. emails. Like 
I got some friends who were just like following me before I, they received my email and then they ended up being my clients because they just kept reading my newsletter. So it was such a powerful tool to convert people. Amazing. So when you started, it sounded like it just happened intuitively. Did you have a strategy or, or what were your thoughts at the beginning? I had no, no strategy at the beginning. I was just like, let's just write to people. I didn't have like a real design or like whatever in mind. I just wrote once a month at the beginning. So it was kind of like, a general kind of okay let's try something new but I really quickly had some very good feedback from people who were like replying to say emails and who were like you know getting more interested and then I, I got some like orders like for example like one of my newsletters was like I interviewed a client who commissioned a collage so I do like this personal personalized collage where people can tell me okay this is my favorite summer spot we go to this restaurant can you put them all in a collage and then I do that and I had I just told this story in one newsletter and then I got like someone answering and asking me if I can do another commission for them for like their wife for their for, he was, I think he, no, he was like the wife or her husband because he's been going to Corsica all, the, all his life and she wanted to give him a gift for his birthday so I did like a collage about Corsica so you know it's like this little thing and I realized like this is actually very efficient mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just decided to keep going and then I yeah I finally had like more of a, like a strategy and like a plan but at the beginning it was more like just like try it out yeah amazing and I love that you used story <laughs> sometimes when people think about email marketing they think about just these super long emails but I love that it was a personal story and I just email is a better place to do that. Yes, we can definitely tell stories on social media, but just email just is a better platform to be able to tell those stories in more depth. So I love that. So tell me why you feel like you're relying more on your email list than social media. Well, I think like... Not that everybody should do the same, but I think it's very, it's actually very dangerous to rely on social media. I mean, you have a lot of reasons, but I can state three, like, and I think the first one, I have a huge example to give you. Like the first one is that you can lose everything from one day to another. So let's say if you rely on your Instagram account, you can lose everything. Let's say there is this NFT scam going on right now. Mm. And most of us know, you know, it's a scam, but some people don't know it's a scam. And, you know, you could lose a lot of money. You could get hacked. I mean, maybe not from the hack from today, but who knows if that's not going to come like in the next few months, like a very sophisticated hack where, you know, you will, you will just fall into it and then just lose everything. And you also like Instagram can also decide to block your account. It happened to me actually. And without warning, I woke up one day and I tried to connect to open my Instagram and I was blocked out and I could send an email or nothing. I didn't get anything back. So I lost basically everything from my Instagram from one day to the next. And it's something that can happen to a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I just in my circle, I know several artists who have been hacked and it just seems like, I mean, they've never been able to recover those accounts ever. Mm-hmm. But the amazing thing is most of them had an email list. Mm-hmm. So immediately they were able to email their list and say, hey, just so that you know, I've been hacked. Here's my new account. And I'll also, I think in the show notes, I'll show people how to put two-factor authentication on because that will decrease your likelihood of being hacked a lot I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people just don't have that turned on so Mm -hmm. in the show notes I'll link to how to turn that on so that was like the first reason it's a big reason for sure to like not rely only on social media but have an email list in case that happens there are also other reasons I mean like 
the second thing I would say, like also for your mental health, like I think a lot of people compare themselves to other people on Instagram. I think it's very, it's natural. We see other people who we think are most, more successful than us. And then we just like feel down about it. And there are a lot of studies that actually prove that there is like a strong li link between heavy social media and like risk for depression, anxiety, loneliness. And even if it goes, doesn't go that far, I know that I have compared myself. Like I am pretty sure that almost everyone who is listening right now have done the same. And sometimes it drags you down. And having something else like an email list where where you're not going to compare yourself with anyone. You know, this is your thing. It's your baby. You own your list. You like interact with the people and they give you feedback about you. And you're not just, you're not going to compare yourself with someone else who has another email list. And I think it's like getting, taking a step back sometimes for some social media to put your positive energy into something else is also a very good idea just to protect yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge fan of just taking control of the situation. So for me, I feel like showing up on social media is necessary for my art business and for the podcast, but it's like constantly reminding myself that I'm in control. I get to choose how I show up here. I get to choose when I show up. I get to choose what I share. I get to choose who I follow. So it's just remembering that we need to remain in control and we need to make sure that we are aware of how our interactions are affecting us and just taking back that control, right? Yeah, I mean, it's great. And maybe you are able to do it, but I think a lot of people, and I'm also not the best one on that field. It's like, we have to remember, okay, we have to take control. And that's something that we need to control and that people like our artists out there have also to take control. I think it's a great tip for, from you for sure. Awesome. Anything else you wanted to add there? Yeah, I mean, there are like another thousand reasons, but also I'm just thinking about MySpace or like, I don't know if you've ever used that kind of like platforms or even Facebook, like who knows if Instagram is going to be the big thing in five or 10 years, your email list is always going to be there. Social media, it just goes and it comes and goes. You also don't know how efficient it's still going to be in the future. So I would just say like, just please just don't rely on one thing. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Just try to diversify. So then in, if in case something happens and when Instagram is not that, like it's just not the trend anymore in like five, 10 years, you still have like a good client base somewhere else. Yeah, I think the key takeaway there is don't put all your eggs in one basket for sure. You could get hacked, you could get blocked. Instagram could be bought out by Elon Musk. You know, <laughs> you, just don't, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So your email list is a sense of security. And for me, I like to think about the relationship between email and Instagram. To me, Instagram is like a bar. It's noisy. It's colorful. It's a great place to meet someone, check out their style. But if you really want to make meaningful connections with someone, you're not going to do that in a bar. You're going to do that in a quiet, cozy little restaurant where you can have meaningful conversation. And to me, that's what email marketing is. So we need to get really good at taking control, using Instagram as a way to make those connections, meet someone, but then get them onto our email list where we can nurture and make meaningful connections because it's meaningful connections that lead to art sales again and again. So I love that little analogy of Instagram as the bar, your email list, that's your intimate restaurant, making those connections. <laughs> and something else to think about is that, this is a little bit depressing to think about, but on Instagram, it's about 10% of our content that's seen, 10%. Yeah. 
So if you are doing something like an art launch or an art sale and you are putting vital information like dates, sign-ups, prices, if you are putting all that vital information on an Instagram post alone and expecting that your people are going to see it, they're just not. (laughs) 10% of them will. Whereas in an email, people are way more likely to actually A, get the email, open it and read because they're not in scrolling mode. They're actually, when you open your emails, you're in consumption mode. So you expect things to be a little bit longer. You expect to read. You can do things like bullet points. You can do things like headings and titles. We just, we cannot rely on social media alone to convey important information. For sure. And there are actually studies that prove that when people are reading through their emails, their brain is engaged. Like it's the brain is just in a different mode. It's like in a work mode. It's like I have to focus and I'm I'm reading with another mindset as when I'm scrolling through Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. And also in an email, people can come back to it. So I know for me, before I do a launch, I will always, I'll be sending several emails in the lead up and I will make sure that all the key information is there. So people will be able to go back to it. Whereas on Instagram, that post, that story, like it's gone. No one is coming back to that. So it's a lot of artists that start off trying to sell on Instagram And because there's a lack of strategy and there's no email list and whatever other reasons, they don't succeed. And a lot of them just give up. So why didn't you give up when (laughs) social media just wasn't working for you in terms of sales? What allowed you to push forward and find a strategy that did work for you? So I have to say for us is that for me, Instagram was like like an add-on. It was not my, it was not like, okay, I'm going to start by trying to sell on Instagram. My first focus and strategy was I'm going to try to start to sell in exhibitions, in real life, in my network, people around me. And this I was really good at. It's something I've always been good at. Instagram, I was not good. <laughs> I told you, I mean, I also like, I did the math and it's actually crazy on like 20, 21 and 20, 22 together, I only made 730 euros from sales through Instagram. So thank God I'm not relying on Instagram. But the thing is like, I never gave up because it was never my main strategy. It was, mm. I knew I was great at showing up in person, showing my art, telling people stories about my paintings and then just like persuade them and like make them feel like this painting is for them. Like they will get something positive out of it. And I was good at having this speech with people and I just never gave up because I knew from the beginning that social media was just not the option. And I feel like I, I speak with so many artists on Instagram who just who say like, yeah, I don't know why it's not working for me. And I always ask, okay, but what are you actually doing? Are you exhibiting your art? Are you showing up in town? Like, are you putting flyers in town? Are you talking to everyone about your art, every single person? And they're like, no, I'm posting photo on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> and I always tell them, well, that's a reason. You know, like just put yourself out there and you will start finding your first collectors in your network, not on the other side of the world through an Instagram post. And that's the reason why I didn't give up because I knew I would succeed. I mean, I've always had this confidence that I that it would work out and I knew I had a network to exploit or like, let's say I had people there. I didn't have to go and search for those people on the other side of the world. I just had them in my network. I have them in my region. I live in like a wealthy region. I knew they were here. I just had to connect with them here in real life in an exhibition, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I love that you uh, you didn't focus on the excuses. 
you didn't focus on what wasn't possible. You focused on what was possible and you just, you made it work with what you have. And I think that's really key when we start a new business or we're trying to sell our art, it can be really easy to focus on what we don't have. But if we actually just start with what you do have and do really well with what you do have, that will grow. Yeah, I definitely agree. (laughs) Okay. Now, I had some really interesting conversations and comments come in through my Instagram about email marketing, lots of mixed opinions. So, I mean, if you've been in business for any amount of time, then you know that email marketing is such a powerful selling tool. But if you haven't, Email marketing can seem like this old-fashioned strategy, and I know a lot of people have a lot of reservations about that. So I would love to know, before you started, did you have any reservations about email marketing and what helped you overcome them? Well, I guess some, like the only one I would say, and maybe the main one, and I think a lot of people will relate right there, is that I would scare, I would annoy people. You know, I just didn't want to be this like stupid newsletter that people receive and are like, oh man just like click and delete, you know? I wanted to make sure that it was something that we were happy to receive in you and that we would be happy to say, hey, yeah, cool, I have an email from CC. Let's click on it and let's see what she has to say, you know? <laughs> so I think it was like the main reservation I had. But also since I just started writing once a month, I also knew that, you know, I couldn't annoy people by sending them 12, 12 newsletters a year. Mm. So I think for me, it was like, the, it was just like the biggest reservation I had. But yeah, it was, I just knew that email marketing was working and I knew I love to write. And I mean, I wrote a novel and people liked it. So I kind of knew that, you know, I'm not too bad oh, kind of a big deal. <laughs> I can write a thing or two. <laughs> I can, don't put me, like, don't ask me to do anything in a car. I, I have no idea. Don't put, like, a musical instrument in my hands. Like, it would be a disaster. But writing is my thing. I like it. <laughs> so I knew I would be able to, like, tell stories and, like, connect with the people through words. Mm. I just want to pull something out of that story because I really loved the way that you approached email marketing or just your art business in general from the place of who you are and what you love doing what you're good at doing and what brings you joy and I think that's really important we need to set up our art businesses motivated by what we're good at and what we love and what brings us joy now I know that there's someone listening that's thinking I hate writing I'm not good at writing And I want to say to that person, even when it comes to email marketing, which is writing, you can still approach it from the space of who am I? What are my gifts? What do I enjoy? Because your emails don't have to be these really long text-based things. Craft your emails as if you would want to read them. So for me, I hate long emails. Even people that I follow, that I subscribe to, like business coaches and mentors who I love and who I'm like fiercely loyal to, I don't read their emails Mm -hmm. because I don't like reading long emails. So when I made my email newsletter, I crafted it in a way that felt good to me. And that was, I looked at myself, okay, well, who am I? Do you know what? I'm a major collector. I love collecting. I collect things, I collect ideas, I collect products, I collect articles. I love collecting things and I love being resourceful. Whatever you need, I've probably got it in a plastic container with a label on it. Like if you're having a Mexican party and you need some decorations, I've got that. 
when I was when I was a uni student, I drove around with like a pinata and a table and like the back of my car. I just I loved being resourceful. <laughs> so that's how I approached email marketing. I never wrote long emails. I did a monthly love to look at list where once a month I would send my collectors a list of things that they might love. They were podcasts, they were styling articles, products that I loved, free downloadable fonts, free giveaways. Just it was a curated list of things that I knew they would love to look at. It was hardly any writing. It was just a curated list of stuff that I genuinely loved. And that really worked because it was joyful for me. So it was easy to maintain and people connected with that. And if they didn't connect with it, they would unsubscribe. And that's fine because it just means they're not your people and you just keep going until you find your people. Yeah. I think it's like a big reservation that people have also with like people are going to unsubscribe and it feels like, you know, people are just like, I don't know, like just taking a knife and like putting it into your heart and then like moving <laughs> around, you know? <laughs> and I yeah. feel like a lot of people, and for sure, your first people who unsubscribe, it's going to feel a little hard. You know, it's going to be like, oh, you know, they're not so interested by what I have to say, but it doesn't matter. It's actually better that way. I always feel about like, you know, like having a date with someone who's going to lead you on and like make you believe there's going to be something coming. And mm-hmm. it's actually better if they tell you right away, okay, you know, we are not made for each other. Let's just stop right now instead of going off like on like 10 dates and like leading you on and like catching feelings or something. It's the same idea. It's like, best people are not you people. Let them unsubscribe, you know? Just don't have them here lead you on or something. Just like, you know, let them move on with their life and they know you're here in case at some point they actually want to buy art or, you know, they just can come back. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, yeah I think mm-hmm. we need to realize and be okay with the fact that we're not for everybody like it's impossible it's impossible that every single person is going to love your art and connect with your art so the quicker you can disconnect with the people who aren't your people the better because it creates space for you to actually connect with the people who do love your art and do connect with what you're saying and we just yeah we have to learn to be okay with that and it takes practice for sure maybe i could also add like add right now like for like what to write. I know like a lot of my people who follow me, they know I've been writing this new, like I call my newsletter like art letter. So it sounds good. And it's just like with art instead of like news. And they know like they, I've been sharing the successes I have through, it, through this art letter for like the past two years. So people know who it's working for me. And they often ask me, okay, what should I write? Like what should I write in my newsletters? And that's why I, so I'm going to teach in April actually a program where I teach artists how to use email marketing. So it's not like a, you find online some like courses about email marketing, but they're, they're pretty general and, you know, they, they are more like addressed to people who run like a business that offers services or something than actually for artists. So I've decided to create one just for artists, like made by me for people like me, you know, for like artists like you. Um, and I've decided like one of the big focus is actually what to write. And I've just like come, I came up with like a one-year plan of like two ideas a month. So I'm giving you basically like, like 24 ideas of newsletter, what you can write, but just not just like a title, you know, I give you actually the whole newsletter from my former newsletter I had. So like, I know that people sometimes are scared to know what they could write. And that's why I decided to put like a big point of this program to just like, just show you, you know, give you example. You're going to have full on example of like what you can write during an entire year. We've actually even like a matching schedule, like a suggested schedule that you can follow just to get started. Can you... Give us a couple of ideas. Yeah, for sure. For free. <laughs> uh, so, 
so the first one I gave you before it was like to interview interview former clients so that works pretty well and I try to do that like at least once or twice a year with like different angles so when maybe one from like a commission aspect or like then one from someone who like bought like a few different things just interview them and just ask them like why they decided to like go for like a second collage or like what they liked in like the first painting and why they decided to move on to the second so I would say the First thing is like testimonials and interview. And then I also do a lot of like stories behind the painting. So if a new collection is coming up, just like share your thoughts behind it. Like just tell a story. You know, such stories are very powerful and they help people to actually know why you're painting. But a lot of people want to know what's behind abstract. Like it's abstract, but people love to hear the stories behind. <laughs> so like I would say it's another great idea of like the kind of email you can write and maybe just like a last one then like for example I have so I write it in French and in German I've been very busy the, the beginning of the year so this year I only so I wrote a few one in German because I had my exhibition coming up so you know I invited people for my exhibition and then I invited people for my workshop but the French people I didn't send them the invitation for my workshop so I only sent one email in January for the French people and I didn't send nothing in, in, in February. I was really too busy and I just decided, okay, it's just not the smart thing to do right now. So last weekend, I just sent like a short email to the French people saying with like a subject, like, I don't forget you with like the first name. So I don't forget you, Monique. And I just <laughs> said, hey, I'm sorry, I haven't emailed you last month. I haven't forgotten about you. I hope you're doing okay. Just like, let me know what's going on in your life. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be always about us. A lot of people in, answered to me. And then I just say, yeah, so that's why I've been busy. I did. And I just put like pictures and just like a few letters, a few phrases about like my exhibition, my workshop. And then just, you know, like ended my newsletter like that and saying, can't wait to be back and tell you more about this new collection I've been working on. I, I even wrote a poem about it. You will discover it in my next newsletter. Love it. Love it. Yeah, it <laughs> does, doesn't have to be like a novel. It doesn't have to be complicated. I think what artists need to realize is that your audience really wants to know you. They want to know the artist behind the art. So it's actually okay and a great idea to share about you and your life and your the inspiration behind your work. I love that. What were the biggest changes that you saw in your art business once you started using email marketing? Well, like I'm going to speak about numbers later, but first I want to, I just want to focus on like the relationship side. It enabled me to create loyal and long-term relationship. Like people have been following me now for maybe like three years, like two, like some people one year, two, three years through my newsletter. They hear from me every single month or like even now twice a month. And I've just felt this loyalty, you know, if mm. like someone in their circle in like someone I'll say, oh, I have a new, you know, I would like to have like a painting new painting in my house when these people are gonna say hey ask Sissy you know mm -hmm. it's just people these people know about me and they're really loyal and they're really supportive and you're gonna have people in your email list that maybe they, they are not interested in buying a big painting or, or they don't have the budget for it but uh, these people I have people who've been Every single year, they bought my calendar. They always release before Christmas a calendar of like 12 of my collage, always like new ones. And some people, every single year through my newsletter, when they receive it in November, they click on it and they buy from my online shop. I have people who've bought like every time I release a new art prints, like they're on it. Or like, like it's just like 
it's like a lot of little things of like people just like being being faithful really like a, like in a faithful relationship to you and just like having this real relationship where you actually get to know people because sometimes people reply to me and then I reply back and mm-hmm. I've gotten to know people way better that way as well yeah absolutely I mean it's the difference between meeting someone in a bar versus if someone's taking you out to a restaurant you feel more connected to that person you feel more loyal more likely to reply and you can do those little things on email marketing where you can automate it to use that person's name Mm -hmm. you know even to something as little as that as everyone gets their own name used when you're writing to them versus social media where you're writing to the masses that personal Mm -hmm. element just goes such a long way. And I loved what you said about, because one of the the questions that I had on Instagram was, what if nobody even reads my emails? Because I don't even read emails. Mm -hmm. And I said this, I said, okay, worst case scenario, that person doesn't read your emails. But you know what? They still see your name. Mm -hmm. They see your name on a regular basis in a personal space and you are front of mind. So they might not be opening your emails because you know what? They're not really interested in buying right now. They're not in that space, but you are front of mind so that when they are ready to buy art, who's the first person they go to Mm -hmm. think of? It's going to be you because you've been popping up in their inbox for like a year. Even if they haven't read your emails, they've still (laughs) seen you there. So that's absolute worst case scenario. So Mm -hmm. best case scenario, they are actually reading your content, replying back and actually having that intimate connection. For sure. (laughs) Okay, so you've talked to me about the relational element, which is probably my favorite aspect of email marketing. Tell us about the numbers. All right, so... Like for me, I could, I mean, it was obvious and I, so I'm a math person, like I love numbers. So I have Excel lists for like everything. And I put like, I know every single sale. I always have like a space where I say, where does it come from? Does it come through Instagram, which rarely happens? Does it come through exhibitions? Does it come through direct networking? Does it come through my newsletter? So I can always track at the end of every year how much I got from, you know, which part. And then I can also analyze my results and stuff. And so I did the math. And actually, in my best year in email marketing so far was 2021. It was, you know, right in the middle of the pandemic, less exhibitions and stuff. And that year, I actually made 4,102 euros (laughs) directly from my newsletter. So you might think, okay, 4,000 euros, it's not that much, you know, for like a whole year thing. But like, it's just, what I mean is just like people who clicked on it and went from, to my website and bought something or like hit reply and then said, yeah, I want to commission something. Hmm. And this doesn't even take into account all the people who received an exhibition to like received an invitation to an exhibition, came to my exhibition and bought something there because then I would put it into exhibition. So it's like, yeah. it's so much more than just like clicking and buying and the biggest thing I have to say is that you would believe I made this 4,000 with maybe like, I don't know, like 500, 600 subscribers. I only had 160 subscribers to my email list at the time. So like just compare with your number of followers on Instagram and your money you make from selling painting on Instagram. And then this like 160 subscribers for like more than 4,000 euros. It's mm-hmm. the difference is crazy. The value of the people on your email list is way higher than the people. You're just your followers on social media. Absolutely. I would take one email subscriber over a hundred Instagram followers 
any day because if someone's on your email list they have willingly given you their email they're invested in you they are way more likely to buy from you in the future than an Instagram follower so my like when I think about growing my business both the podcast and my art business my number one focus is my email list Mm-hmm. If you scroll through my Instagram, you will see a huge percentage of my posts is getting people onto my email list because I know once you're on my email list, our relationship is just going to go from strength to strength, which eventually leads to sales. Definitely. Okay. I mean, what we are saying right now is not like don't try to build your followers, but like try to build your followers so that you get these followers to come into your email list. It, if it's just mm-hmm. followers who stay on Instagram, most of the time they won't. Buy. but if you get these new people to be on your email list then that's a win that's like that's like, like your ultimate goal yeah okay so yes I definitely see Instagram as a way to grow our email list so let's talk about some ways that we can use Instagram and social media as a way to get people onto our email list because we know that getting them onto our email list is essential it is and there are a lot of ways to do that i mean you i would say the first thing to do would be to add a call to action like what people call like cta in your bio so your bio is there to like to tell about yourself you know who you are and then you can also you know just add the last line would be like join my vip club join my collector's private club like just think about like a cooler way to say it so that people want to join so this would be like you know, at first thing, just like put it up there. You can change once in a while. You don't have to like always leave it there when you have like, when you release a new collection, just like, you know, you can change your bio and put something else, but just have it there once in a while. I would also like add some call to action in your posts, you know, like when, you know, you write in your caption, then at the end, like remind people, if you want to follow my my artistic adventures, join my, my email list and just like find a fight enthusiasm. And few, it's very hard to say in English. <laughs> <laughs> Enthusiastic way, but I mean, you everybody understood what I mean. You get them there, like because the biggest mistake I see is people saying, "Yeah, you know, I write, in, I write newsletter, but like, don't worry, it's not spam. It's okay, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bother you, and you can unsubscribe at any time." But do you want to be on the list? I would not want to be on the list if someone, you know, <laughs> yeah. tell me that. So like just add a lot of call to action. So on your, in your posts, in your stories, when you share like a testimonial of someone who bought a painting from you, then just add, you know, like just add like, hey, join like my collector's crew. Just join my list. Like just talk about it in a very positive way so that people actually want to join. And by doing that repeatedly, people you, people need to hear something, something five times before they actually mm-hmm. act on it. Don't think because you do one post saying sign up to my newsletter, people will do it. Do it again and again, and yeah. then the people will actually sign up. Yeah, you are saying all of the things that I love. So, so true. Sometimes I see artists just post about it once or just have the link in their bio, but you really, you have to plug your email list constantly because remember, only 10% of people are actually seeing your posts on social media anyway. So, and you don't have to do it in a way where people feel annoyed or bugged. Like, are you on the list? Yet? Jump on the list. Are you on the list? Are you on my list? Are you on my list? <laughs> we don't have to do it that way. Tell stories. Oh, I just got to deliver this beautiful commission. It was such a special time being able to share the meaning with them. I just loved it. Show some visuals of the commission. If being, if having a commission is something you'd love in your future, make sure you're on my list so that you know when my next spots open up. But that's not a salesy way. You're not nagging people 
Mm-hmm. It's sharing a story and giving people an opportunity to be in the know, but it does have to be done frequently. <laughs> and another thing that I will say there is to make it easy for people to get on your list. So don't tell them to go to a website, mm. just have the link in your bio. And when you have a landing page or a sign up page, just keep it nice and simple keep it easy just first name email address don't ask them what street they live on and whether they like this or that just keep it simple (laughs) nice and easy way for people to connect you so there is for sure another way but actually working very well it's like when people get into your dms when people start to have a private conversation with you it already means that they have an interest for you and that's a perfect place to actually get these people to sign up for your newsletter let's say they ask you if they can come visit your studio or if you're going to exhibit your art in the region soon then you know just tell them yeah actually it's it's a good question if you want to get if you want me to send you the invitation to my next exhibition or to my next workshop then you know i can just send you i have this really cool newsletter that i send twice a month that i can you know you, you know everything about my events and then i can just add you and most of the time people say yes you know if you already have that kind of connection and then you can just put the link on there and just like through the dms where you already established the first connection people are like the probability that they actually join your list is way bigger than just like a common post for everyone to see. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes it easy for them because you've sent the link to the sign up form right in their DM. So it's easy to just click. Maybe we can move on to one of the biggest questions I always get asked, and I have so much to say on this too. But how do we actually get people onto our list? Because these days, giving out your email address is not something that people do lightly because they don't want to get a thousand emails. So (laughs) how can we get people, how can we convince people in a really genuine, authentic, relational way to get onto our email list? So there are like plenty of ways to do that. And I'm like a I'm like a real life person, which means I like to ask people in real life. So the first thing I would just say is like, ask, you know, like a lot of people are like, yeah, how do I get people? Well, just like sit down, make a list, make a list of every single person you know, in your friends, in your acquaintance, in your at work, in your colleagues. Okay, just write a list and then send them a message and ask them in a very positive, again, like in a very nice way, if they would be interested to get your invitation for your exhibitions and tell them that, you know, you want to share in a very, in a more personal way than on Instagram, you want to share your adventure, you want to share your story behind your work and just ask them if they want to, if they want to receive it, if they want to join. This is the first thing I would, and that's one thing we will do, like one of the first homework people are going to have to do in my online program will be to make that list. Make that list, reach out to these people. You will for sure come out with at least 20, 30, 40, depending on like the number of people you have in your network, you will have the first people who will sign up to your newsletter. So that would be like the first and like most basic thing to do. And then of course you have like a lot of ways you have at every single of your events, exhibitions, workshop, whatever you do, bring a sign up form. And I'm not saying bring it, put it on a table and never speak about it because people will not sign up if you don't speak about it. But when you give your guided tour of the exhibition, when you talk to people, always bring it up. Just say, hey, by the way, if you want, you can, you know, just like leave your name, your email address. I would be super happy to send you my next invitations, all my infos. Just talk about it and just have this sign up form ready at every single of your exhibition. 
So at some exhibition, I come back with like, with like 20 new names or like with like 40 new names. Like I always grow my list that way. I had a workshop last weekend and I did something super smart. In Germany, you have to, so if you want to take picture of people and post them, you have to have them sign up a form, you know? So they need to sign up a form saying, okay, I agree. It's like a very like German administrative thing. You have to sign up. Okay. My name. And I agree that photos are posted, photos or video I posted. And then I added, I just added a little thing that said, do you want to receive my invitations to my next workshops and my next exhibitions? And I wrote like twice a month. So people know that it's not like, you know, every two days. And out of the 20 people, 18 said yes. So, you know, it's just another way to also like get people. And I spoke about it when I gave the paper and I was like, okay, I need you guys to sign it because I need your legal authorization to use your picture. But also you will see there is like a little field when you can say, if you want to receive my news and my invitation, and just by the way I the way I brought it up, mm. most of the people said yes. Okay, so that would be my first tip on like it's a lot about the way you present it yourself. You could you can put forms on your website. I would also advise, like you said, on the form on your website to not put too many things, but having like a testimonial or like a few just a few sentences for like people who read your newsletter regularly, just like what they say, something like positive about it. It's just, it's always a good thing to see. Ah, oh, other people receive it and they have fun reading it. Then I also want to, I want to see what's in there. Yeah. And one of the great thing that's come out of COVID is people know how to use QR codes now. <laughs> I have been using QR codes for, must be at least 10 years because of the school that I taught at, but I could never really use them because no one knew what to do with a QR code, but now people mm -hmm. do. So wherever you go, whether it's an art fair or an exhibition, or you've got your own show or a workshop, even if it's not your own event, but you're going to someone else's exhibition or you're going to an art event, having mm -hmm. a QR code that people can scan that takes them straight to the sign up page is hugely helpful because if you just follow someone on Instagram, let's just say you meet a new collector at someone else's exhibition and you say, Hey, it'd be great to have you on my newsletter. They're really excited. So they follow you on Instagram, but do they actually take that next step? Click mm -hmm. on the link in your bio, sign up to your newsletter. They probably don't. Whereas if you have a QR code right there with you, you can literally help them fill it out if they need help. Yeah. So a couple of hacks that I have is on the back of my business card, I have a QR code so people mm, can scan it and it takes them straight to the most important things for the time. So if at that moment I've got a show coming up, I might link them to that page or if I've got, if the podcast is something I'm really plugging, it might take them straight to that page. But mm -hmm. having a QR code on the back of your business card, really smart idea. And I also, I went to a big art event, ordered a bunch of business cards, and they didn't arrive in time for the event. So what I did is I had a QR code and I made it the lock screen on my phone. Mm -hmm. So all I needed was to have my phone and people could scan their QR code on my phone. It took them straight to the sign up page and they signed up for my email list. So QR codes, <laughs> amazing. Love me QR code. You, you know, you're definitely right. No, I and I loved what you were saying about, it's all about how you present it. So if you're talking about your email newsletter, like, oh, guys, sorry to ask, don't worry, you can unsubscribe, like, no one's going to sign up to that. You almost need to advertise your email newsletter, like, ah, oh, if you're on my email newsletter, like, keep an eye out, and then 
the email's coming out tomorrow. So excited to share with you guys what's in this week's newsletter or give little like snippets of what you shared in your newsletter, make mm-hmm. people want to sign up, really talk about it in a positive way so that people want to sign up. Absolutely. Definitely. And the QR code thing is, so I'm not like a, 10 years ago, I had no ideas about QR codes. I was not as advanced as you are. And, but like, I've done that for so my new exhibition right now, what's happening under every single of my painting. You know, I have this little like artwork label with my name, with like the name of the painting. And I actually put a QR code that doesn't bring, like, it doesn't bring you to the page of my painting on my website, but it brings you to the page of my sign up, my landing page for my newsletter. And, and I like, you know how you say that basically you have to make the experience as painless and as easy and as fast as possible. They don't have to like do the extra work of like going on your website, finding the right page and mm-hmm. filling it out, which is why often I actually do it myself. I talked, I have like a potential client for like my new world paintings. And I talked with her at, at the exhibition. She was actually here to serve wine. And I talked to her and at the end she gave me her name. I just wrote her name, her email address on my own phone. And then I went home and then I just put her in the system and I sent out my welcome email and stuff. I literally did the exact same thing at an exhibition last week. I was chatting to a guy and he started talking to me about my work and really wanting a commission. And I said, hey, look, my commission spots are closed right now, but mm-hmm. I will be opening them up later on the year. Do you want to jump on the list so that you know when they open? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could have just left it at that or given him my business card, but I just opened my phone right up to the sign-up page and I just put in his name and his email and now I've actually got that connection. Whereas if I hadn't done that right there on the spot, the moment would have passed. For sure. And I want to say for the people listening right now, you might like think right now, okay, Cece and Monique, you're super nice, but like you're brave. You guys trust (laughs) yourself to go to the people. And I know a lot of my followers are like, yeah, but I'm not like you, Cece. You know, I'm not able to like always talk about it and I I always tell them like yeah it's gonna come it takes practices the first time you're gonna feel weird the second time you're still gonna feel weird the third time you're gonna feel weird because it's gonna be somehow a little better and maybe the fourth time you will feel better and at some point you're gonna have done it like a hundred times and it's just gonna flow and it's gonna be natural and I always tell them people I'm doing it in German my third language with my accent I made mistakes (laughs) my German is not perfect I write a newsletter in German with I'm sure there are like mistakes every five lines oh yeah maybe every two lines it doesn't matter just don't you don't have to be perfect just try it will get easier with the time and if for you it's super hard at the beginning to ask try little steps and then you will see you will improve yourself not just for asking for a newsletter but in general in life you know you will realize you've pushed yourself to get out of your comfort zone and it's going to be such an amazing feeling and you're just going to grow on all sides of your life absolutely it's so true just got to get in there give it a go and it definitely does get easier (laughs) I think I'd love to talk for a minute about the idea of a lead magnet because for some people once they've got like a relationship with you just being on your newsletter is going to be enough because they genuinely want to hear from you. Other people might not be there yet. So they actually need a bigger reason to sign up to your newsletter. And that's where something called a lead magnet comes up. Essentially, a lead magnet is just something that you give your audience for free, something of value that you give them so that they want to sign up to your newsletter. And that is actually how I started my email list way back in the day. 
again, I looked at who am I? What do I love doing? What are the skills that I do have? And how can I use those to grow my email list? And what I did have is I had design experience. I knew my way around a laptop and an iPad and an Apple Pencil, and I created some backgrounds that people could use for their phones and their iPads and their laptops, and I gave those away for free. And people signed up like hotcakes. They were like, great, we already follow you. We already love the visuals of your work. Why would I not want a whole bunch of free wallpapers for my phone? Mm -hmm. And that was a really great way to get people to sign up. So Again, I would encourage artists to look at, well, what are the skills that you do have? Maybe you're an amazing stylist. So maybe you could create a resource where people sign up to get five tips to style an entryway. Maybe you're an amazing illustrator and people sign up for some free greeting cards that they can post. Or I know one year I designed some wrapping paper and people signed up to get a free template for wrapping paper that they printed. Mm -hmm. There are so many ways that you can offer value to your audience to get them onto your email list. And the key is not what someone else is doing. The key Mm -hmm. is who are you? What are your unique talents? What is your unique perspective to the world? And use that to grow your email list. I'll link to it in the show notes because I have a couple of resources all about how to actually create a lead magnet and goes through sign up pages and that is just a free article. But I will link to that because I think it's worth mentioning the idea of a lead magnet. It is definitely. And I think you're right to mention that it has to be something, something about you, like that you do and in connection with what you do. Because like I, I had an, one experience, I tried a lead magnet a few, like a, a while back. And so I teach for kids, you know, and I've, I have a thousand ideas of like what to do in like a creative class with kids. So I made this cool lead magnet, 10 creative, like 10 fun creative ideas for kids or something. And I shared it on in like Facebook groups and stuff. And a lot of people actually don- downloaded it and signed up, but none of them ever become, became a client because I think none of them was actually the right target. It was mm-hmm. like moms with young kids who were trying to keep their kids busy. And it was actually a lot of work for like a very small return on investment, if we can call it like that. Mm-hmm. So just like as a heads up for everyone, like just be careful that your lead magnet actually targets the right people. I know the word targets is kind of maybe like a little too, like <laughs> sometimes it looks like we're targeting someone, but I, I just want to say like, just make sure that it is something that will get you to the right audience. That's very important. Absolutely. And that's where you start with who are the people that are going to connect with me and what can I create that's going to be of value to them? Because yeah, I can imagine you would have got people from all sorts just downloading free activities for their kids who are not into art at all. You know, you've got to start with your audience. Who are your people and what can you offer them of value to help them connect with you? For sure. There is maybe one more thing I can add. Every single year I post, hey, my calendar is going to come out in three days. And during like three days, it's reserved for the people on my newsletter. So no one else has access to my calendars and except the people in my newsletter. And usually they go out pretty fast and it could just give like this this feeling of urgency of like I'm fear of missing out. Like I do not want to miss out. I want CC's calendar. I like it. I had it last year. And then we just sign up because we don't want to miss out. And this works very well when you have something coming up and you say, yeah, like I saw you did that exactly on one in one of your Instagram posts this week. Like I think, you know, if I, your new collection, collection, the last one went out pretty fast. I don't want you to miss out because you're not on my emailing email list. I think you wrote something like that in one, one of your posts. And 
it's exactly that. This like, like don't miss out. And people, if they're interested, they're going to want to join. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the sense of pressure. Like it's, <laughs> it's genuine. I said, it's so heartbreaking to me when people fall in love with a piece and they fall in yeah. love with the meaning behind a piece, but they miss out. Like yeah. that's really heartbreaking. So please get on my email list because I don't want you to miss out with a piece that you fall in love with. So you can still do it from a heart-centered way, not in a way where you're nagging people or creating an unhealthy fear. I know when my first collection sold out, I didn't think that people would just sign up to my newsletter. So that's Mm -hmm. why I created the lead magnet. But when my first collection sold out, I thought, okay, well, how can I use this to encourage people to get onto my newsletter so for the second collection and all the subsequent collections I gave early access to people on my email list so the night before my collections went live email subscribers got early access and they could buy paintings Mm -hmm. before anyone else and literally 90% of paintings would sell the night before Mm -hmm. and I would talk about this because unless I talked about it people wouldn't know so I would tell them oh my gosh, literally 90% of paintings sold out in the subscribers only pre-launch. So it got to the stage where people knew that if they weren't on my email list, there was no way they were getting a painting. Let's talk about getting started with email marketing. So if there are artists out there listening and they haven't got an email list, talk us through the logistics. Where do we start? Okay, so the first thing I would suggest is to choose your provider. So you can compare online. There are like a lot of different providers. In my own online program, I will teach you the one I'm using myself, but you can really compare. You have like a lot of options out there. Just see what fits for you. I'm using a free one. You can definitely use something that's free. You don't have to start by you know, by having fees for that. Just like, just go for like a free plan and see if it fits you. So that's really the first thing I would say. And then, yeah, just go from there, get familiar with the platform, get your first, so make this list of people who would be interested, ask them, start with your first uh, subscribers, uh, write a cool welcome email for people to get to know you. And let's just go from there. Amazing. Are there any don'ts when it comes to email marketing? Well, I would say the first one would be like, don't be too pushy. Don't try to sell, obviously, in like a hard way every single time. Maybe one out of three, you can say, okay, it's an official launch. I'm launching my new collection. And like, it's obvious you want to sell your collection. But from the other ones, two out of three, or maybe even like my three out of four, just try to tell stories. Just try to invite people to exhibition, invite them to another event. Just like you said, like share some things you like and that you know that your audience will like. Something else that comes to mind is like tacky headlines. Like I would hate to receive an email saying like, so the subject would be like, I made the worst mistake of my life. And then actually inside you open and it was like, oh, I stepped on a painting. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> you can tell that story in like a fun way. You don't have to write like the craziest he- like subject lines ever so that people open it. Like one time it's fine. But then if people keep receiving emails from you and you realize, okay, every time a subject is like kind of crazy, it's super tacky. And when I realize when I open the content just doesn't match with it, people will lose confidence. Yeah, so I agree. Okay, before we move on to quickfire, why don't you tell us what are you working on at the moment? How can our audience work with you, connect with you, keep in touch with you? Well, the first thing I would say is that my Instagram right now is actually an artist community. So 
Anver, I just built this amazing community of artists. I have a really good connection with a lot of artists and we just help each other. And I give tips. I give a lot of content to help people just build a fulfilling business without relying just on social media. So a lot of real life tips, how you can grow your business in your region. And when my main focus right now is actually this online program that I'm going to offer to teach artists how to use a newsletter. So it's called The Artist Newsletter and it's an online program that's gonna go over five weeks we're starting end of april like mid end of april until mid-may at a pace of like once a week it's gonna be a live class it's gonna be only for 10 artists because i want to help every single person i want to keep it personal it's gonna be a live class and it's gonna be everything from a to z you choose your platform you build it you make your first welcome email what should you write what do you have to be careful of so really everything you need to know and the big big plus of that program is that like i said before you will get one year of content IDs, so like 24 newsletter IDs with a full content ID as well with a matching schedule. So in case you're like you're saying, yeah, cool, I want to start, but I really have no idea where to start. This will give you a very good frame line just of what to do, and it's something you can use for your next years as well. This is really a program just made for artists like me, made from for self-taught artists like you to actually build a successful, profitable email community with the main goal of having more art sales and more freedom. Just like to get you more freedom to paint without hustling and being scared about selling your art. So if you're interested by this program, just go and just go on my website. And I mean, Monique is going to put the link under and just check out the whole program description. It's going to be really something amazing. Like I said, 10 people, like a very close group. So it's going to be very individual. And just reach out to me per DM on Instagram if you want. Just ask me like, okay, Sissy, this is where I'm at in my art business. Do you think it's the right time? And I will be very honest with you and... I will tell you if I think it's the right next step for you. So just feel free to send me a message. It's going to end on Sunday. The seats are going to be closed. So until Sunday, you have to take this step to, to go and check it out. And I would be very excited to work with you. Sounds amazing. And I love that it's a small group. So if you want to connect more with Cece or you want to know more about her program, I will put links to all of the things in the show notes. So make sure you check out the show notes. Okay. We're going to end with some quick fire. Are you ready? What are you obsessed with at the moment? All right. So obviously this online program, since I'm putting all my energy into it, but I have to say also I've been watching the Netflix show Dini and Georgia and I love it. I don't know if you know it, but uh, it has a lot of like mom and teenager drama in high school and I just love that. (laughs) Oh, I'm always looking for a good show. Okay, I'm going to check that out. Okay, favorite studio snack? All right, so I, I thought about that and I guess my studio is at home. So basically I can open my fridge or my closet and I have every single thing I want. But I would say like a, like a quick snack. I love brioche. I'm French. Oh, I, I, so I, French. <laughs> of course you exactly. do. I, even like I'm making myself, but I have to be honest, most of the time I buy it. What do you listen to while you paint? All right, so I am actually a big country music fan. I think it kind of oh. like <laughs> goes back to my time where I lived in Canada. In my teammates, it was like half the team was like country girls, half the team was like R&B rap kind of girls. So it was funny. <laughs> and I was definitely on the countryside girl. Amazing. Okay, what's one thing that wasn't supposed to, but it's made its way into a studio and is now forever a studio item? All right, so for that, I think every single touring artist will relate. I would say the main thing is my hairdryer. 
So <laughs> when you want to flow with paint, a hairdryer is a great way to do it. Amazing. I feel like I've heard that so much. So many yeah. artists have like lost hairdryers <laughs> to the studio. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, well, Cece, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing so generously all your knowledge. It's so amazing to have you on the show and talk to you about one of my favorite topics. And the reason why it's one of my favorite topics is because it's one of the things that makes the biggest difference for artists and growing a successful business. Before you go, can I just give you some encouragement? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I don't know if you've listened to any of the other podcasts, but I'm a very visual person. So I always just see images when I think about people and I see you just being this incredible coach but not the kind of coach that's standing up the front yelling and blowing whistles and creating a sense of noise and anxiety. I see you as the kind of coach that gets everybody to sit down in a circle and you've got your pad and you are just drawing out the plan. It doesn't matter if we're winning. It doesn't matter if we're losing. It doesn't matter how much we're up or down we're calm and you bring a sense of calm and you bring a sense of clarity and you just bring strategy. It's like, just remain calm. Here are the steps. Believe in yourself. You've got this. You're not on your own. I'm here to guide you. And I just see you as this really incredible, calm coach that just brings joy and strategy and clarity. And I'm so excited to see where you're heading and I'm so excited for the people that get to be part of your program and thank you so much for being on the show (laughs) thank you so much I mean it's what's it's super nice to to hear and it was so nice to connect with you and I just like that we share actually a lot of just like a lot of opinion values I believe so it was very nice to exchange with you and thanks for all of you who listened to the the end and I'm gonna be happy to connect with every single one of you so thanks a lot again Monique for this great opportunity amazing The best way forward is one step at a time. And by listening today, you just took one more step in the direction of your dreams. If you're looking for more, head on over to moniquestory.com. That's story with an E-Y. There you can get your hands on today's show notes and heaps of other free resources. Until next time, go and find your possible.